0: You are listening to The Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share here significant and heartfelt messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face your challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings.
1: I want you to join me now in saying our favorite family prayer. All right, In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody stretch your hands out and say this with me. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings and healings and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I am God's powerful champion. I am blessed. I want you to stress that out every time. I would be blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, let's sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path we are still in the book of Matthew, all right? And we are learning from this little subsection how people are responding to this man they called Jesus, okay? Some people respond to him positively. Some people also respond to him negatively. Some even respond to him neutrally. And to those of you who might say, well, I'd rather respond to him neutrally than negatively. Okay, let me just say this. Neutral is not better than negative. Because neutral means that you are indifferent. Do we have any coffee lovers here? Coffee lovers, raise your hand if you love drinking coffee. Let me ask you this Have you ever drank lukewarm coffee? Isn't that the worst thing in the world, right? Same thing with Christians. You know, with Christians, a neutral Christian is a lukewarm Christian. Revelations chapter 3, let me read this to you. It says this. I know all the things that you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Let me explain this. When it comes to loving the Lord, okay, there cannot be an in-between. It's either hot or cold. It's either yes or no. See, the worst decision that you can have is to be neutral. And the worst place that you want to be is in between, okay? Uh, I I pray that this speaks to you to make a decision when it comes to Jesus, okay? Anyway, let me preach to you this powerful message today. This is the one that Brother Boy and I would love to leave you with, okay? This is a message for somebody who feels like their life is all messed up and it's all it's all in chaos, here's the message. God loves broken people. God loves broken people. I truly believe that. Before we read our key verse, let me share this, this very powerful story with you, okay? Here's a story. Once upon a time, there was a 15-year-old boy named Mark. Okay, and he was walking home from school one afternoon and on his way home He saw another boy who would later be identified as Teddy walking in front of him now Teddy was wearing the same uniform so mark knew that they came from the same school Here's the thing mark noticed that Teddy was carrying so many things, you know a lot of stuff books a Basketball a jacket so many things and then all of a sudden Teddy tripped and then he fell scattering everything that he was carrying all over the street and so you know what Mark did Mark quickly ran and then he helped Teddy gather all his stuff and then as they began to talk Mark discovered that they actually lived in the same area so Mark offered Teddy to, to, care, to help him carry his things back home and so when they arrived in the, in, in the home of Teddy the mom uh, invited Mark for some cake Okay? And then after seeing, after sorry, not after seeing, after eating, they played some video games. And since that day, Mark and Teddy became very, very close friends in school. And so three years later, before their high school graduation, Teddy asked Mark if they could talk briefly. So Teddy asked Mark, remember the first time that we met? And then Mark says, of course I do. You know, when you fell on the road then I helped you pick up that, your, your stuff. Daddy looks at him and then says, you know, I never told you this, Mark, but the reason that I was carrying so much stuff was because I emptied my locker in school because I wanted to to leave, you know? I didn't want to leave a mess. I had it all planned out. You know, that night, I was going to drink all the sleeping pills of my mom, you know, because I wanted to kill myself. you know, as he was saying this, he was fighting back all the tears, and then he took a deep breath. And then he says, "But, but then you came... And then you helped me up. You helped me pick up my stuff. And then you walked me home because of you, Mark. I changed my plans because I realized that my life wasn't actually empty. It wasn't really hopeless. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. I would not be here graduating from high school if you did not help me that day. Why am I sharing this story with you? Let me share with you now three lessons, three very valuable lessons. First, people. Are hurting. That's the truth. That's a fact, okay? In fact, some people who are watching this live stream right now are hurting this very moment as I speak this message. You see, COVID is not the greatest pandemic to ever hit our world. It's just the latest. The greatest pandemic, it's called brokenness. People walking around empty and hopeless and desperate. If you can only adjust your sensitivity to people, you know what? You're gonna see them hurting people. Second, because there is so much brokenness in the world, here's what you need to do. You need to make their suffering your own. This is the message of Jesus. This was the cost of the cross. You see, Jesus came down to a broken world and then he climbed up a wooden tree in order to show the world what needs to be done, that selflessness is the path to salvation. And now third, third lesson, small gestures can heal. I want you to hear that out. Small gestures can heal. You don't have to do big things all the time. You know, you don't have to be the most talented or the most skilled person in the room to have an impact in someone's life. Just like Mark in the story, small random acts of kindness have unbelievable power. You know, they can affect someone's life in a very big way. In fact, Mother Teresa says this, she said this once upon a time, you may not be able to do great things, but you can do small things with great love. So look for someone every day that you can serve and affect and create an impact in a very little way. Okay, I want you to type that in, serve someone today serve someone today. Anyway, let's proceed to our verse, all right? I want you to turn, if you've got your Bible, to Matthew chapter 12, verse 15. We're gonna read all the way to verse 20, okay? It says here, But Jesus knew, what they were planning. But let me give you the context first, okay? Just just, just for those who uh, might not have uh, been here last Sunday. While we read the verse, I want you to picture Matthew painting a vertical side-by-side painting. And then on one side, he was painting the Pharisees. And on the, on the other side, he was painting Jesus. Because this way, he could show the glaring differences between the two, okay? So we're picking up from last week's story where the Pharisees wanted Jesus to give the wrong answer to a question so that they could charge him with a religious crime. But then it says here in verse 15, but Jesus knew what they were planning, so he left that area. And many people followed him. Let me stop there for a moment, okay? Jesus knew what they were planning, and so they left. So he left that area. Jesus knows what you are planning. He knows what's in your heart. And if there is evil, In your intention, you know what will happen is that you will lose sight of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus knew exactly what they were planning. So he left that area. Here's what you need to do. Purify your intention and you will always see Jesus in your situation. Okay, let's continue. It says here, he healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. And so Jesus was like, okay, don't tell me who I am. All right, don't tweet about this. Don't post this in your IG stories. Now, why did Jesus leave in the first place? And why was he saying for people not to tell about him? Was Jesus afraid? Was Jesus scared? Absolutely not. Okay? It's simply because he didn't wanna hasten his crucifixion. Jesus knew he still had things to do before his death, so he avoided heating up the conflict. How? By walking away. When you are living on purpose, okay? You don't have to fight every battle head on. Sometimes you just need to walk away. Because retreat isn't a deficiency, it's actually sometimes a strategy. That's right. Jesus was not afraid of death. And guess what? We should not be as well. We should be ready to die at any moment, the moment God calls us. But here's the thing, we're not in a hurry, right? Somebody type this in, in. I'm not rushing. I'm not rushing. Because heaven can wait. Why? Because there's still so many to feed, so many people to serve, so many people to help to heal, so many people to love. Let's make the most out of the time that's been given to us because we don't know when the, when the Lord will call us back to that next place. Can I get an amen from somebody right now? I'm not rushing, okay? And because I'm not rushing, Let's first, uh, before we continue reading this, let's close now with a prayer, okay? I want you to bow down your heads and I want you to feel the Lord's presence in that place. Father, we acknowledge your presence right here in our midst and we believe that you've got a word that will speak to us more than you've already spoken in the last few moments. Father, we are opening our hearts to you. Speak loud and clear. So that every confusion, every chaos that we are going through, Lord, it will will have sense. We want your purpose to be living inside of us, Lord. So allow the Holy Spirit to become alive and active in the few moments to come. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, we honor you, and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. One more time, everybody. Can I invite you to sing to God's Word? Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. Hallelujah. Thank you guys for still being here. I know that was a long, long, long intro, but you know what? We're going to dig down deeper right now. We're going to study this this word that that, that, uh, we just read a while ago. But let me backtrack. So when Jesus walked away from the Pharisees, Matthew actually was quoting the prophet Isaiah in verse 17. Okay, let's go to verse 17. It says here, This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Verse 18, Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. Remember what I said earlier, that this is a side-by-side painting. It's a comparative analysis from Matthew, where Matthew was comparing the Pharisees on one side and then Jesus on the other side. Because before this, you know, Matthew was painting this picture that the Pharisees were power grabbers. But now Matthew was painting a picture of Jesus being a power giver. The Pharisees were afraid of losing their positions of power, their privilege, their prestige. But you know what? Jesus was willingly giving all of that away. Why? Listen to this, because a servant has no power. Okay, let me say that again in case you weren't listening. A servant has no power. Can I preach this for a moment? May I? Okay, we live in a world right now where there's, you know, everybody is about grabbing power. You know, we're threatened by people who are better and smarter and wiser and cuter than us, why? Because we don't like giving up our positions and our platforms. I said this before, we need staying power, not staying in power. See, that's a completely different thing. If we want to be the true kind of Christians, we should not be in the business of grabbing power. Instead, we should be in the business of giving power. That's what Jesus was all about. Jesus did not grab power. Instead, he gave it away, right? He gave authority to people. He gave authority to Peter. He empowered the disciples, right? Jesus did not hoard the power. Jesus handed over the power. Why is this so important? Because giving is more important than grabbing. Can you type that in? Giving is more important than grabbing. It's more powerful, in fact. When you give something away, no one can take that away from you. See, the enemy cannot take away what you freely give away. So what do you need to do? Give it away. Give your pride away. Give your anger away. That's how you should serve the Lord, with love, And with humility. And that's what Jesus showed. He served with love and humility. In fact, in the next few verses, Matthew would declare that Jesus fulfilled the very words that the prophet Isaiah wrote 3,000 years ago before Jesus came. That the Messiah would come not in the form of a master, but in the form of a servant. So guess what? If we we really need to follow and we want to follow Jesus, we need to be servants too. When you serve others with sincerity, you become like Jesus. Everybody can be a leader. Everybody can be a leader. You know that. But not everyone can be a servant. Be a servant of Jesus. Serve like Jesus served. Is that point clear? Can you type in amen? Just so I know I'm reaching somebody right now. Matthew quotes Isaiah actually in verse 19 to continue, okay? He says this about Jesus. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. You see, this is the complete difference between Jesus and the Pharisees. The Pharisees wanted to fight, but Jesus chose to flee. Think about it. All Jesus needed to do was to actually snap his finger because he had all the power in the universe to wipe away all of his enemies. I mean, look at this. Jesus, instead of doing that, simply showed that he loved them too much to destroy them. How do I know this? Because in Matthew chapter 20, he he says this, he will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Okay, let me explain this. A reed was something that people used as a walking stick in the olden days, okay? If that's the case, a reed needed to be strong and sturdy, right, in order to support the person. So if a reed was weak, What do you need to do? It was regarded as useless, and then it was thrown away. Same with the flickering candle, right? A flickering candle does not give stable light. the, The light is all over the place. So it was also regarded to be useless and should be thrown away. Here's the truth. You and I, we are all weak. Reads and we're all flickering candles, you know, in the sense that we have our weaknesses and we don't always give stable light. Sometimes we don't even give light, right? Because we are a broken people. But here's the good news for today. The Messiah loves broken people. Let me say that again. The Messiah loves broken people. Jesus doesn't throw away the broken. Instead, he fixes them. No wonder that Jesus chose carpentry as his career because Jesus is in the business of restoration. See what the world rejects? Jesus accepts. Jesus accepts you if you're broken right now. So now the two-sided painting is complete, right? Matthew shows us that while the Pharisees had a ministry of condemnation, Jesus had a ministry of compassion. So let me ask you this very big question. What ministry? are you serving in? What kind of ministry do you have? Do you have a hateful ministry? Or do you have a bitter ministry? Or is your ministry built on humility? Does your ministry put down people or does it lift people up? If your ministry is dependent on your strength and your skills, you know, it will, it will fall. But if your ministry is dependent on the supreme sovereignty of our Savior, you will be successful. The ministry of the Pharisees, you know, they hated, they hated, hated, hated broken people. They condemned them. They rejected them. But the ministry of Jesus, he accepted them. He loved them. All the broken people right here, right now, let me see you. Raise your hands. See, let me tell you this. You've got a reason to rejoice today because you've got a God who loves you. And he's calling you to love others who are broken too. Amen. Come on, amen, somebody. This is just the first meal, all right? Are you ready to finish the rest of this feast? Somebody type this in. I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more. I want you to please welcome Brother Bo Sanchez.
0: Are you broken? Raise your hand. Yes, this is my message for you. You've heard it a while ago. I'm gonna say it again. God loves broken people. And In the Bible story that we're gonna read, there's this one really broken person that Jesus meets. Let's read it in verse 22. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. I mean, how can you be more broken than that? You know, you're blind and then you can't speak, and oh, you're just demon-possessed, okay? But then you find here in the story that Jesus loves this man. And then it says here, Matthew says, he healed the man so that he could both speak and see. The crowd was amazed and asked, could it be that Jesus is the son of God, son of David, the Messiah? So these ordinary people who had no power to maintain, their eyes were more open and they asked the right question. Could this guy be the Messiah? But then there was this opposite reaction from religious leaders, who had power to maintain, and this was the response. But when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. This was insane. Same Jesus, different response. You know, I've always believed in this universal truth. You've heard it maybe before. People see what they want to see that <laughs> the, the way you react tells me more about you than whatever you're reacting to. You getting what I'm saying? C- can, I, can I give you a, a little analogy from my life? Uh, many years ago, I lived in Anowim, our home for the abandoned elderly. Lovely place. But at that time, when I lived there for three years at the start, no electricity, no running water, and... Um, Yeah, no concrete homes, just nipa huts. And I loved it. I had a steady stream of visitors that would come and, you know, chit-chat with me. And I could actually divide them into two categories. Really, the first group of people are the people who come up to me, look at the place, and then they say, they gush, they gush with delight. And they say, oh, Brother Bo, I envy you. You're living in paradise. And then you've got the other group of people who tell me, Brother Bo, how can you stand living in such a primitive place? No electricity, no running water, no air conditioning, so humid, so hot. There was this one woman who said, Brother Bo, in the toilet, your toilet, there's no flush. There's no flush. Yeah, right. Oh my, I'm going to (laughs) die. And then there was this other woman who said, you know, Brother Bo, there's so many insects. Brother Bo, there's so many frogs. Brother Bo, did I see this running like like there's this big rat running around. And I said, oh yeah, but it's okay. It's being cared for now because we've got snakes here and the snakes eat the rats, okay? People see what they want to see. I'm going to ask you this question. Have you ever, ever had that experience of people judging you unfairly? Of people throwing mud at your good name? Have you ever experienced that? What do you do when people insult you and bash you? I have an advice for you. I hope you're listening. Are you ready? Here it is. Here it is. Don't be angry at them. No, don't waste your energy there. Pity them. Why? My belief is this. When people curse you and you do not deserve the curse, it will bounce back to them. That's my belief. Let me share with you my experience. Um, I think it was last year when somebody posted a video about me accusing me of financial wrongdoing. And uh, no basis, just conjecture. Um, but it became viral, and millions of people viewed it. Now, here was the thing a social media expert reached out to me and said, Brother Bo, you've got to respond. That's what we do in the industry. You've got to respond because it will damage your brand. Whoa! And and you you know what? It may be true. It actually may be true. But here's the thing. I've never responded. I've never replied. Never wasted my energy and my time for replying. Three reasons why. Number one. You know when things like this happen? It's so super good for my humility. Really, it's it's amazing. So good for my holiness. It bursts my balloon of pride. And I believe that sometimes the best way to be humble is to be humiliated. So thank you, Lord, for experiences like this draws me closer to God. (laughs) Number two, you know, why waste my time there? I'll never win them anyway. As I said, people see what they want to see. People will believe what they want to believe. So for people who hate me, No explanation is enough. But for people who love me, no explanation is needed. And I'm just going to focus on the people that love me. But my biggest reason for not replying, and this is the third one, the biggest reason is this. I hope you're listening. Life is short. One day I'm going to go to heaven. You know, when I die, count, at most, at most could be sooner than this. Count 50 years. And on the 50th year, no one will even remember me, positive or negative. You know, while I'm living my short life on earth, I'd rather dedicate every single moment of my life just loving people and serving people than defending myself. That's just my choice. And I, the reason why I share that with you is, is, is that I, I, I want you to, to think about this that why did the Pharisees call Jesus demonic? I mean, it's insane. You know, here was Jesus loving people, feeding the hungry, healing the sick, serving the needy, and then what did they say? He's a partner of Satan. It's like, how could you think of that? I'll tell you why. Are you ready? Pride and insecurity will make you think insane thoughts. That's why. You see, the Pharisees were so insecure that Jesus was a threat to them, to their esteemed position in society. They were holding on to that. That was so important to them. That was the source of their security. And Jesus comes along and threatens that. And so what do they do? They want to get rid of Jesus. They wanted to kill him. And guess what? They were successful. The irony is that these religious leaders were serving God They believed they were serving God, and they ended up killing him. My question to you is this. Are you insecure? If you sense that in your heart, I want you to search for pride. Because pride will destroy you and will destroy the people you love. It's it's, it's poison. It really is. And The way to heal that, there's there's only one way, is to come before God right now and acknowledge your own brokenness. Admit to God your weakness. Confess your sins, that you need Jesus. And when you do, this is what you do. You find your security in God's love. That's what you do. You find your security in the unconditional love of God. And when you do that, you get healed because God loves broken people. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, please visit lightfam.com slash podcasts.